The reading is taken from St. Matthew, chapter 13, verses 1 to 23. That same day, Jesus went out of the house and sat by the lake. Such large crowds gathered round him that he got into a boat and sat in it, while all the people stood on the shore. Then he told them many things in parables, saying, A farmer went out to sow his seed. As he was scattering the seed, some fell upon the path, and the birds came and ate it up. Some fell on rocky places, where it didn't ha- did not have much soil. It sprang up quickly, because the soil was shallow. But when the sun came up, the plants were scorched, and they withered because they had no root. Other seed fell amongst thorns, which grew up, and choked the plants. Still other seed fell on good soil, where it produced a crop, a hundred, sixty, or thirty times what was sown. He who has ears, let him hear. The disciples came to him and asked, Why do you speak to the people in parables? He replied, The knowledge of the secrets of the kingdom of heaven have been given to you, but not to them. Whoever has will be given more, and he will have an abundance. Whoever does not have, even what he has will be taken from him. This is why I speak to them in parables. Though seeing, they do not see. Though hearing, they do not hear or understand. In them is fulfilled the prophecy of Isaiah. You will be ever hearing, but never understanding. You will be ever seeing, but never perceiving. For this people's heart has become calloused. They hardly hear with their ears, and they have closed their eyes. Otherwise, they might see with their eyes hear with their ears, understand with their hearts, and turn, and I would heal them. But blessed are your eyes, because they see, and your ears, because they hear. For I tell you the truth, many prophets and righteous men long to see what you see, but did not see it, and to hear what you hear, but did not hear it. Listen then to what the parable of the sower means. When anyone hears the message about the kingdom and does not understand it, the evil one comes and snatches away what was sown in his heart. This is the seed sown along the path. The one who received the seed that fell on the rocky places is the man who hears the word and at once receives it with joy. But since he has no root, he lasts only a short time. When trouble or persecution comes because of the word, he quickly falls away. The one who received the seed that fell among the thorns is the man who hears the word. But the worries of this life and the deceitfulness of wealth choke it, making it unfruitful. But the one who received the seed that fell on good soil is the man who hears the word 
and understands it, he produces a crop yielding a hundred, sixty, or thirty times what was sown. This is the word of the Lord. Celia, thank you so much for reading that to us. Uh, and please do have that open, uh, have your service sheets uh, with it on, uh, and that way you can, uh, you can check that what I'm saying is what that passage uh, is saying. And uh, uh, let me lead us in a prayer as we come to think about that uh, a little bit more. Father God, thank you so much uh, for your word. Thank you that it speaks to us. You don't leave us in the dark as to who you are. Thank you for those amazing promises that we've been singing about, that we read in your word. Father, I pray that by your spirit you would work in us, that we would be those who receive your word in a a fruitful way. Help us um, in this place to know know the challenges that you are bringing to us today. But Father, would that bring us uh, a, a real joy and a freedom in Christ Jesus as we respond to them? So, Spirit, I pray that you'd work in, in and through my faltering words and in and each, in each of our hearts to that end. Amen. You've got to imagine that I've got a glass of water at this point. When the seagulls follow the trawler, it is because they believe the sardines will be thrown into the sea. When the seagulls follow the trawler, it's because they believe the sardines will be thrown into the sea. Uh, Those were the words that the footballer Eric Cantona came out with. Uh, You might remember he he, he became infamous uh, when he did the karate kick on a fan, and uh, uh, and there was a great clamoring for him to finally say something to the press. And he sat there, and as the press gathered round, he said those words. And there was that moment of kind of... What? <laughs> what on earth is he talking about? What does that mean? Uh, years later, he actually confessed that he didn't really mean anything by it. He just had to say something to the media, and he thought it would be interesting to see what they did. And, of course, they had a field day wondering what on earth Eric Cantona meant uh, by those words. But imagine being that. What, what a strange press conference to be in. And I wonder whether there's something of that feeling... As Jesus dives into this parable today uh, among the crowds. You see, uh, Jesus, up to this point in, uh, in, in Mark's gospel, uh, he's been talking about uh, bringing the kingdom of heaven. That's how he refers to it uh, in the parable. It's not just, in other words, that we are, that we are saved from sin, but, but that this kingdom of heaven is going to come and it's going it's to transform the world eventually, but certainly those inside. He, he's spoken about it being uh, one of, of loving enemies, transforming hearts to love enemies, transforming hearts to, uh, to, to, to not judge others, transforming hearts to be, to be generous and giving, to, to care about justice. Uh, it sounds brilliant. It sounds beautiful. And yet over the last few chapters... Well, there have been a few people who've responded in all sorts of different ways. Uh, John the Baptist, wonderful John the Baptist, uh, is locked up in jail. And he sends his disciples to Jesus to say, are you, are you the guy who's bringing in this kingdom? Or actually, do we need to wait for somebody else? If the kingdom of heaven is, is here, then how come I'm in jail? What's, what's going on? Later on, the Pharisees arguing with Jesus 
Uh, they say, uh, he's, not the, he, he's not casting out demons because he's good. No, he's casting out demons uh, because he's, uh, by the power of Satan. Kingdom of heaven, more like kingdom of, uh, of Hades, kingdom of hell. He's, uh, he's bad, not good. And then you've also got these crowds that are following on after Jesus. And as they gather so close to him that he has to get into a boat in order to get out and to teach them, he starts telling a story. And actually, I wonder whether for us here in 21st century Totley, uh, there are a few dangers in this passage. One is that we just know it too well and we miss some of the shocks. But what, perhaps one of the others is that, that we too can become, well, slightly disenchanted with the kingdom of heaven. We've been praying for our friends for years and years and years. Uh, we, we've been sharing the good news of Jesus with them, and yet, and yet nothing seems to have changed. They, they seem no closer now than they once were. Or maybe it's even a bit more internal. Yes, I know God is the kingdom of, of heaven, and, and I long for him to kind of terraform my life, change it, transform it. I, I long to love my enemies and to bless those who persecute me and do all the things that we were thinking about last summer, you know, that blessed life is the best life. I long to do all of that. And yet, I've been coming here for years, and actually it feels like I'm no different than I was all those years ago. And Jesus gets into the boat and he says, A sower who went out to sow. It's like like an Eric Cantona moment, isn't it? He he tells a story. So so it goes out to sow. They were doing that all over Galilee. It was a really fruitful soil. It was was really fertile. And and, and as he goes out to sow, some of the seed, well, it it lands on the, the paths again. Always happens because the paths in those days went through the fields rather than around the edges, like you might think. And so some of it fell on the path, and of course, with it landing on the top, birds came and ate it. Uh, and then he sowed a bit more, and some of it ended up on the rocky ground. Again, fairly common, I'm told, around Galilee. There are, um, there, there are these limestone kind of uh, bits that are just a few inches under the soil in, in places. And that means when the rain comes, the water pools on the limestone. It means it's, it, it's really kind of uh, it's really moist. But then when the sun comes out, that water dries up really, really quickly. And so any, so, any uh, seeds that fall there, well, they spring up quickly, but they don't get their roots down through the limestone, so they don't go anywhere. Some of it falls there. Uh, some of it falls amongst the, the weeds uh, that, that, that jump up, and, and they've already got established root structures, and they grow more quickly, and, and, and they suck uh, the, the, the nutrients and the water away from the plants, and so... Those ones are, don't, don't bear a good crop. Uh, of course, some of it falls on the good soil, as you might expect. It, it gets 100 or 60 or 30-fold uh, what's sown. Again, uh, generous, but not, not ridiculously generous, I'm told, not being a farmer myself. And the disciples kind of look at Jesus and they're like, what? <laughs> what? Verse 10, they say... Um, uh, why do you speak to the people in parables? Why are you talking? Why are you telling this story, Jesus? And he says, because the knowledge of the secrets of the kingdom of heaven have been given to you, but not to them. Whoever has will be given more and will have an abundance. Whoever doesn't have, even what they have will be taken from them. And you think, Jesus, that, that doesn't really explain, that, that makes things more difficult, not less difficult. What? 
What are you, it's, it sounds like you're, you're purposefully making things more difficult. But Jesus carries on. He says, look, the situation's a bit like, a bit like what it was in Isaiah. In fact, it's exactly like that. We're, we're fulfilling the prophecy. Uh, verse 14, he quotes from Isaiah 6. He says, uh, you will be ever hearing and never understanding. You'll be ever seeing and never perceiving. For this people's heart has become callous. They hardly hear with their ears. They've closed their eyes, otherwise they might see with their eyes and hear with their ears and understand with their hearts and turn and I would heal them. Now what's going on? Is Jesus saying, I just want to make things really complex so that only the really intelligent people will understand? I don't think that's what's going on. You see here, understanding is linked later on with with kind of fruitfulness or bearing a crop. So it's not about intelligence. It's not about kind of comprehending. It's not English GCSE that he's looking for. No, he's looking for people whose hearts are going to respond in a fruitful way. If you like, he's saying, look, if if this kingdom of heaven comes through hearing, then how we hear matters. And in fact, hearing is going to have an effect on how we respond. Now, it is certainly true that God is in control. He is sovereign. And we see some of that. God is in control of, uh, of who we are, of this world around us. Uh, we do see that in the scriptures, and, 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 it's, and, it, and it's certainly uh, here. That's incidentally why often when we know somebody who doesn't know Jesus, we pray for them because we believe that God is in control and is able to do stuff. But this is not Jesus saying, oh, I'm just kind of, I've, I've got it against some, I'm, I've got it for others. He's saying that actually the state of our hearts will affect how we hear things. How do I know that? Well, Isaiah 6 that he's quoting from, as is often the custom, follows Isaiah 1 to 5. Uh, and Isaiah 1 to 5, what you've got is God, uh, God speaking to the people and he says, come, let's reason together. Uh, though, though your sins are like scarlet, I can wash them clean. Uh, and, and he's reasoning with his people. And again and again, uh, what do we see? We see as people preferring injustice to justice, preferring selfishness to self-giving, uh, rejecting this kind of kingdom values that Jesus is preaching uh, in favor of self-serving values. And so up to Isaiah 6, you've got God's people rejecting God. And, and then God says to Isaiah as he commissions him, by the way, as you preach... Know that, though seeing, these people's hearts have become calloused. Like when you do a load of digging in the garden and your, your hands get rough. They're so busy ignoring me that actually all that hearing me is going to do is going to harden them. You see, if the kingdom of God comes through hearing, how we hear really matters. And so Jesus, verse 18, says, listen. Therefore, for, for listen to what I'm going to say. In fact, in the, it's even stronger than that in, in the original Greek. It's, it's, you must listen. Listen to what this parable means. Why? Well, because hearing the seed is it's a bit like when you go to the dentist. I don't know if you've ever had a filling. Have you ever had a filling? Don't answer that. You don't have to say that out loud. Um, but when you have a filling, they, they kind of put the stuff into your tooth, don't they? Um, and they kind of put the white stuff in, uh, and they kind of shape it up, and then, and then they stick that light in your mouth. 
And there's that moment where you're like, oh, my, my mouth's all glowy and you know, people are looking away. Uh, and what does that do? Uh, the, the light itself is, is just light, but it, it fixes the filling in place. It's as if Jesus is saying, we need to listen to this because the way in which we listen as the word of God comes to us is, is going to have an effect on us. Like that light has an effect on the filling in the tooth. And this is where it gets really challenging. It's got challenging for me because the question then is, well, what type of soil am I? If, if Jesus is telling a story about the kingdom of God coming, the, the word of God, the seed that is landing, what type of soil am I? It's a diagnostic question for us. And please don't just assume, because we all want to be the fourth type, that that is us. Don't just assume, oh, I'm here, therefore I've got to be the fourth type. No, no, allow Jesus to say to you, you must listen. Come with me. Let's see what these soil types are like. He says the first type is um, verse uh, verse 19. When anyone hears the message of the kingdom and doesn't understand it, the evil one comes and snatches away what was sown on or in their heart. This is the seed that falls along the path. This is, uh, this is those who, um, uh, they, they're never going to actually interact with the message. Uh, maybe, maybe intellectually, but certainly not emotionally. It's those who, who, who think, actually, I, I have, I've got a settled position when it comes to this. I, I, I'm, I'm not going to interact with this, but I'll come along and I'll hear it anyway. And if that's you, it may well be. That you come along and you think, I, I don't care about this, but I'm humoring those around me. And Jesus says that attitude it is going to end up resulting in us thinking, well, this is a bunch of rubbish. But if, if we're constantly rejecting it, if we're not going to give it a chance before it comes, uh, well, don't be surprised if it sounds more and more alien. It may be that, that that's you today. And, and if that's you, can I encourage you, give this a chance. Look into it. What's the danger in looking into this message of, uh, of Jesus? If, if it's got nothing to it, then there's no danger to you, is there? But if it has, don't let it be snatched away from you. It says that's the first type of soil, that which lands on the path. But then the second type is the, the, the rocky soil. Verse 20, the seed falling on the rocky ground refers to someone who hears the word and at once receives it with joy. But since they have no roots, they last only a short time. When trouble or persecution comes because of the word, they quickly fall away. This is, uh, this, this is the, the, the type of soil or the type of heart uh, that, that looks really encouraging at first. They hear about Jesus. Yeah, this is amazing. Oh, wow. A, a, a God who, who can come and who can, can kind of forgive me those things that I, I don't like about my life and, and can make me part of a church family and, and, and I've got friends around me. That, that's wonderful. This is great. But for these hearts, it's always a cost-benefit analysis. It's, it's always uh, Jesus... If what you give me is better than what you ask of me, then, yeah, I'm, I'm really excited about this. That's great. But, but the moment you start asking me to do things that I don't like, start challenging me about my money or my loves, well, actually, I, I don't like that. 
Oh, I'm really happy to, to be part of church and to, uh, and, to, and to get to know people. That's wonderful. But when my friends at work say, really? I thought you were a bit old to believe in fairy tales. Ah, that hurts. And I'm not sure I want to carry on doing this. My friends at school uh, all live a way that I don't. And, 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 and they laugh at me for not joining them on a Sunday morning because I'm here at church. Well, I don't, I don't want to do that. It's a a cost-benefit analysis. Is that us? Is our fundamental uh, position, I am a sufferer in need of a solution? Or I'm a sinner in need of a savior? I I want Jesus to be my, my sugar daddy, my divine gift giver, but I don't want him to be my Lord. Is that us? Could that be part of the way that sometimes we begin to think about God? The third type of soil, the seed falling among the thorns, refers to somebody, verse 22, who hears the word, but the worries of this life and the deceitfulness, that word can either be translated deceitfulness or delightfulness. It's, it's, an, it's an odd word. The deceitfulness or delightfulness of wealth choke the word, making it unfruitful. The third type of soil is, is a soil which produces, well, it produces a, a plant. It, it seems to grow up. It, it seems to stick around for a bit longer, this plant. This, I think, is the saddest of the plants, because uh, here is a plant that seems to be growing, but is fruitless. And it's fruitless because because the the thorns come up and choke it. And we're told exactly what those thorns are. The deceitfulness or delightfulness of wealth choke the word. They take away from the goodness that this plant should be receiving. This is the heart that says, I, I, I see that there's something good in Jesus. I, I recognize it and I, and I don't want to let go of that. I can't let go of that. But actually, I also see that there are some really delightful things in the comfort of this world. And so when a problem comes, I'm torn. Do, do I reach for my Bible? Do I, do I pray? Or do I reach for my wallet? I can make this go away. When I ask myself, uh, really honestly, what is it that most delights my heart? Is it Jesus? Or is it the things, the comforts of this world around me? That status, that job, that extension on the house, that delightful holiday that I'm saving up for that food? What is it that really delights me? And this is really painful because actually uh, so often, and I've got to be honest, I think this is the area where I'm most tempted to slip into of saying, yes, I love Jesus, but actually my roots go down to Jesus and to something else. And in those cases, those cases, 
sad. In one sense, this is the worst lived experience. If, if you live the experience of the first, the first type of soil, uh, the, the seed's gone. Like you, 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 the seed's gone, you, you're happy just where you are. The second type of soil, you're always doing the cost-benefit analysis. You're always doing the thing that benefits you the most in your eyes. Uh, this type is the type that's torn. The type that doesn't find the satisfaction in the world because uh, it goes and it finds the, the, the deceitfulness of those things. This, this thing promises me so much and yet when I follow it, it doesn't quite give me the, the new house. It, it gives me so much joy until actually I get used to it. The new phone gives me so much joy until that technology is old. Uh, the new sub in whatever it is. And the result of that tornness is fruitlessness. But then, of course, there's the fourth type of soil. The seed falling, verse 23, on the good soil refers to someone who hears the word and understands it. This is the one who produces a crop, literally a fruit, yielding 160 or 30 times what was sown. Good soil produces all sorts of different fruit. It's not, that, it's not that we can look around and say, oh, wow, they're, they're producing all that amazing fruit. Uh, I'm producing other fruit. It's, it's varied. The kingdom of God's wonderfully varied in, in, that, in that sense. It's wonderfully varied as to, you know, gifts and all sorts. That, that, that's fine. We've got three types of soil that are fruitless and one that bears fruit. And we long to be that fourth type of soil. But Jesus says, let the one who has ears, let them hear. And so let me not hold back from you. Let me ask you the question, what type of soil is your heart today? Where where are you seeing aspects of soil one to three? Where is it that perhaps there are stones in your life? that are just creeping in, oh, cost-benefit analysis in this area? Or is it that there are thorns in your life that are just growing up? Oh, that just seems so attractive to me at the moment. If the kingdom of God comes through hearing, how are we hearing? And... If even as I'm speaking, you're identifying places where you're like, oh, man, I need to change. That needs to change. Please don't go away from here thinking, okay, I've just got to work harder on this. I've just got, I've just got, to, be, I've just got to be way more um, hardworking at clearing out those stones. Uh, Jesus used the gift language, didn't he? When he, was, uh, when he was talking to his disciples, for you, verse 11, have been given the secrets of heaven. And here he's picking up on, and maybe this is stretching the analogy slightly, but, but the fact that the, the soil, it doesn't do this to itself. Just ask Jeffrey later on. Ask him how many of those stones for the memorial garden dug themselves out. Ask him how many of the, the thorns and the weeds just got themselves gone. That was bad English, but you can bear with me. They don't do the soil doesn't do that to itself, does it? It needs a gardener. Where we've identified places that we need our hearts to change, 
This is the wonderful benefit of having a God who's in control. We can call out to him, God, please show me. Show me to delight in Jesus more than this. God, please show me. Show me where I'm, where, where I'm comparing the, the death of the eternal Son of God in a cost-benefit analysis with this particular area of my life. Show me. Help me. Help me to understand with my heart. Turn, Father, and heal me. And so I'm going to give us a moment to do that. And then I'm going to lead us in a prayer. What type of soil are we? Where do we need the gardener to come and to do work in our hearts that we would hear and be healed? Oh, Father, we confess that we are not always indifferent hearers to your word. Or sometimes we are indifferent hearers. We're not always unbiased hearers to your word. We confess that there are areas that we need you to be at work in us. Changing our hearts of stone to hearts of flesh. We confess with those who came and saw you, Jesus, we believe, help our unbelief. Father, we confess that the Spirit's willing, but the flesh is weak. Now help us to be those who hear your word and put it into action. Help us to be those who see the changing nature of your kingdom in our lives. Help us to hear right what you would say to us. For we pray in the name of our good shepherd, the good gardener, Jesus Christ. Amen.